What a message. Galatians chapter 2. This morning we talked about the uh, two natures that we deal with. We talked about the battle that we face. Uh, and I want to go the next step, I guess, tonight. Because I want to talk about something that I didn't get for a long time. I want to talk about something that I don't know if I still fully comprehend. Uh, but there is that those two natures. We deal with the nature of the flesh and we deal with the nature of the spirit. And those two are warring against one another. But you know, the old Baptist thing to do is to say this. Well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. And I can't help but to fall in sin because I'm just an old sinner. And there's nothing wrong with that statement. But, <laughs> Scripture says... God has delivered us from that. And God can move us past that point and that place that even though we're still in the flesh and even though we still battle with the flesh and the sin nature, there's a place as Christians where we've got to move forward. And we've got to move on past the old life. And we've got to move on past those things that we used to struggle with. May I tell you, if you've been saved 20 years, you ought not struggle with the things that you struggled with 20 years ago. You should have put those things to rest when you got saved. And so I believe if we are really going to understand how to battle this, uh, I believe the battle will be better if we understand our place in this. And what a beautiful scripture in Galatians chapter 2 and in verse 20. The Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Give me the grace that I stand in need of to preach it the way you've designed it. Lord, help us to apply this. Give us understanding. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to preach on this very simple statement, but hard to grasp. Where Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. And I want to preach to you on that statement tonight. I am crucified with Christ. At the age of 13 years old, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. I did not understand at that moment in that time exactly what Paul was talking about. Everybody always told me, well, you're saved now. It's time for you to move on. You're saved now. It's time to put on the new man. You're saved now, so now you're supposed to act like this and talk like this and do this and do this and do this. When I got in trouble at home, I, my dad would, would do me the same way I do my kids sometimes. Aren't you saved? Don't you know the Lord? Why would you act that way? You know better. But you know I really didn't comprehend or started to, to comprehend because I don't think I still comprehend it fully. But I began at the age of 20 to really understand how to begin to win in the battle with the two battles of the, of the flesh and the spirit. And I began to learn how to have more victories. And this is how I learned when I went to the statement that the Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. And I love this because if anybody could say this, what a man to say this. A man that 
that absolutely slaughtered Christians, that did everything he could. This man was guilty of murder. He was guilty of all kinds of sins. He even stated that he was the chiefest of sinners. But he is teaching us how he moved on from that life. He is teaching us how he changed and how God molded him into a new man. Man, he wasn't no longer Saul. He became Paul. He became a new creature in Christ. How did he move on from Saul to Paul? He simply said, I am crucified with Christ. How do we move on to the new life that Christ has appointed for us? We must understand that we have been crucified with Christ. And I want you to know that that statement can can encourage us to move on past that old life when we fully comprehend what it means to be crucified with Christ. So, what does it mean? What does it mean when Paul said, I am crucified with Christ? The word crucified here means to be put to death, to make an end, for something to come to an end, something that no longer exists, something that stops, something that doesn't continue on. And he makes the statement, I am crucified. And this word crucified is a verb in the perfect tense in the Greek, which refers to a once and for all action that never needs to be repeated. It's not that he needs to be crucified every day, but that he was crucified once, and that's all it took from here on out. And he basically was saying this, I was crucified when Jesus was crucified, and that crucifixion was a one-time for all-time experience. I was crucified, and I stand crucified. I stand crucified. So when he said, I am crucified with Christ, he said, I am once and for all crucified. If crucified means to put an end to, when he said, I am crucified with Christ, we know that it means the end of the life of Christ. For Paul to go forward and become a new creature, the life of Christ had ended. Jesus had to be crucified so that Saul could become Paul. If a Savior was going to reach down for me, I want you to know that He had to be crucified. If there was going to be victory in our life, if the old man was going to perish, if that old nature was going to be put back on the back burner, then Jesus was going to have to be crucified on the cross. And we all know that Jesus died an innocent man. But I think sometimes we don't fully comprehend the extension of that because the reality of it is He did die an innocent man. He did die a death that was not for Him, but it was a death that was for me and for you. It's not that He really died for me, but He died as me. And when He went to the cross, He took my sins to the cross. And when He died, my sins, He took it to the cross that day, and my sins were paid for right there. And it took His death in order to bring me victory and bring me life. But Paul didn't stop there. He didn't say Christ was crucified. He said, I am crucified with Christ. And he begins to relate his own life to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And for so many years as a saved person, I kept rolling and man, everything's hunky-dory and everything's good. And it took years before the cross really took effect in my life and realized what that meant in my life. 
And so many people say, well, I can't quit this. I can't leave the old man. I can't leave that old life behind. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Christ put an end to his life. And then Paul said, I have put an end to my life. And so he begins to partake of this crucifixion with Christ. And he said, as Christ died, the very moment that he received him as his personal Savior, he died with Christ. And that meant as Christ, the life of Christ ended, so did the old man of, of Saul end. And it took the ending of Jesus for us to be saved and for us to have a new man. And if it took the ending of his life, then it's going to take the ending of our life. What is involved in us being crucified? If he had to lay down his life in order for us to be crucified, how do we crucify ourselves? What must we lay down? I believe we must lay down our pride. I believe we must lay down our pride. And there are so many people today that don't want to move forward. And for years, I didn't want to move forward in Christ because my pride got in the way. And let me tell you something. If you're going to become what Jesus wants you to be, you're going to have to lay your pride down and you're going to have to put that pride to death. You know why? Because it's no longer about you and it's no longer about me. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. That was the picture of the crucifixion. Is it's not about me, it's about you. That's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't have to die, but He died for me. And so understand that when it comes to dying in my life, I've got to die to the old man. I've got to set my pride to the side so that I can become and participate in the crucifixion that Christ died for me. Jesus died on the cross, but it wasn't His cross. It was my cross. And I have to come to the understanding that that wasn't His cross, it was mine. And it's time for me to bear that cross. And it's time for me to understand that that's my cross to bear. And well, when I fully comprehended that Jesus died for me and that He put His life to an end for me, it was time for me to put my life to an end for Him. Understand that He gave all for us. It's our reasonable service to give our life for Him. And understand that we will never live in that spirit nature and never satisfy and fulfill the will of God in our life until we get to the point and the place that we understand we've got to die to ourselves. You know, as Christians, we so much glorify the past. It's almost like sometimes we want to glorify our past sins. I'm glad... But that old life is dead. It's dead as a doorbell. Amen? <laughs> when Jesus died, He died. He died. The bread was taken from Him. And let me tell you something. When we get saved, our old life needs to die. It needs to cease to exist. It needs to come to an end. That old man no longer exists. I'm so thankful that it don't matter if you're hooked on drugs. It don't matter if you're hooked on alcohol. I don't care if you're the adulterous person in the in the town. Who cares? If God gets a hold of you and saves you, He can change you. Because when you get saved, you set yourself, you set your pride, you set everything to the side and say, Jesus, here I am. And you participate, you 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 take hold of that crucifixion. And you say, Jesus, you, you put your life down for me and I'm going to put my life down for you. So many people running down this aisle. Look what Jesus did for me. 
Look what Jesus did for me. Not very often we say, look what we're doing for Jesus. But look, look what He did for me. And so long in my relationship with God, I was selfish and self-centered until I got to the place I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer about what I think. It's no longer about what I believe. It's no longer about my strength. It's no longer about what I can do. But it's about what He can do. It's a complete death to self. You've got to die to self. I want you to look with me in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. If you're still awake, say amen. Amen. Well, a few of you awake. Romans chapter 6. And in verse 4. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. There's a death of one life, but a beginning of another life. Notice verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death. You notice he's drawing that relationship from our death to His death. We must die with Him. We must die to Him. And it said that we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. If we die as He died, that we will live like He lives. That as He died on the cross, if we die to ourselves, well, if He died and we died, then when He rose, we're going to rise. Isn't that beautiful? There's a newness of life. There's that breath of fresh air. May I tell you that the devil tells us, man, if you get saved, you're going to lose everything. Man, go back to Galatians 2. The devil tells us, man, you get saved, you're going to lose it all. Let me tell you something. When you come to Jesus, you don't have nothing to lose, but you have everything to gain. And Paul simply said, before I could gain, I had to lose. Before I could get something, I had to put something down. Before I could get into this new life, I had to put the old life away. And old Saul couldn't be Saul no more because now it's time to be Paul. Isn't that awesome? The newness of life. Notice what he said. I am crucified with Christ nevertheless. Isn't that a beautiful word? I live. I died to Christ, but because I died with Christ, I live with Christ. Because He resurrected the third day, there's life in my life. Because He is the life. He is the resurrection. And because we die with Him, we live with Him. Isn't that beautiful? The newness of life. We die to self in order to gain everything. We're joint heirs with Him. He owns the cattle on the thousand hills. He owns it all. And we're joint heirs with Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? But you got to lose before you gain. you got to be willing to put it down. How many times have we asked the question, why don't they just get saved? Why don't they just give it up? Because the devil's telling them, you don't want to lose that. you got too much to lose. That's a lie. When it comes to coming to Jesus, you have everything to gain. When you come to Jesus, it's not about what you lost, but it's what you got ahead of you. And I'm telling you, what you have with the Lord is greater than you'll ever have with the devil. Amen. What you have with Jesus, what you have in the new nature, is better than the old nature can ever give you. Right. 
And so many people are unwilling to be saved. The Bible says in the day of tribulation that they would even see Him and they still repented not of their sins. You know why? Because they're unwilling to give their pride and their own life and set it down for the sake of putting Jesus first in their life. I'm glad of the day that I put myself down and I said, Jesus saved me. I am thankful for that day. So many people are going to die and go to hell because I just got too much to lose. I've got too much to lose. Lost person, if you're lost tonight, you have nothing to lose but everything to gain. You have all to gain when it comes to Christ. Notice what he said. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He begins to talk about this life of empowerment. Oh, isn't this beautiful? This was a dead vessel. This was somebody that was dying. This was somebody that was perishing. But the very moment that he died to himself, life entered into him. And Christ came unto him. And this man is a man that is empowered now. Now it's not a life governed by yourself. It's not governed by your thoughts and by the flesh. But it is now governed by Christ. Christ is the head. Amen? He's the head. And he said, now this life that I live, it's not me to live it. It's Christ in me. When I was 20 years old, I had a choice to make. I'm either going to get serious with God or I'm not. I'm either going to go all in or I'm going to go all out. And I said, Jesus, I don't know how. I'm scared. I'm terrified. I know I'm going to lose my friends. I know I'm going to lose this and I know I'm going to lose this. Jesus, I don't know what to do. And you know what? I was right. I lost every friend that I had. But that day that I gave my life to Christ, He empowered me. And it wasn't me. It was Him. And when I said, started saying no to those friends, it wasn't me. It was Him in me. And I've heard it, preacher, I can't live that life. I said it too. Jesus, I can't say no. But when I gave it all to Him, He said no for me. I, I said, Jesus, I can't turn away from that life. But when I gave myself to Him, He gave Himself to me. He said, I'll do it for you. And how many times people say, well, I just can't be saved. I can't do this. I can't do that. Because I can never be that kind of person. You're right. You can never be that person. Until you get Jesus inside of you. And when Jesus gets inside of you, then He empowers you. And He lives through you. And it's not us, but it's Christ in us. That's what it's all about. It's not about me and it's not about you, but it's about Christ being in us. That's the power. Oh boy, that preacher preached the good one. I'm not a good preacher. It's Him in me. Oh, that teacher taught me that. It's not that teacher. It's Him in us. He empowers us. He lives in us. We're talking about the Son of the living God who, who, who enters the life of the believer. We're talking about the, the, the Son of God that resurrected the third day. We're talking about the Alpha and Omega that lives inside of us. Now remember who lives in you today. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is empowering you. Oh man, God, I can't do it. I was right. Be buddy, I couldn't do it. But Christ can't in me. And when I finally came to that place, you dummy, it's not about you. He is not interested in what you have to offer. 
He is not interested in what you can do for Him, but He's interested in what He can do for you. If you just die to yourself and say, Jesus, here I am. I failed many times. I fail every day. Because notice what He said. In the life which I now live in the flesh, we're still living in the flesh. We still got a war with this old member. (laughs) But I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. I still battle. It's still hard. It's still, man, it's a, it's a battle to come to church. Amen? Man, them kids act like demons on Sunday morning, don't they? That's no coincidence. Man, they good every morning but Sunday morning. They good every night but Wednesday night. That's no coincidence. It's a battle. It's a struggle. But I've got to understand Christ lives in me. And I've got to come to the place as a believer, I cannot do this apart from my faith in Him. And my faith enables, that faith allows that power to take place. Now let me just talk about that power a minute and we're going to be finished. That power that we're talking about is used many times in the New Testament comes from the Greek word dynamo, which means dynamite. That means when you get saved and you give your life, I'm not talking about coming, walking down the, the front and say, I got it. I'm talking about really getting it. And I talk, I'm talking about really fully giving yourself to Christ. And when you say, Christ, I am done with this, there's a power that enters you. There's a power. And in the Greek, that word power means dynamo, which comes from that word dynamite which is an explosive power. God's people, we don't understand what we've got living inside of us. We've got the power of God in us. We have His power. We should never need again. We should never, we should never hurt again because we have a power from on high. I can't, Lord. I'm too dumb. Isn't that what Moses said? I said it too. I can't tell them people how to be. So I can't preach to them people. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, but he is. He said, son, you trust me and I'll give you that dynamite. I'll give you that power. And I'm telling you, there's been times that I got down there with those families and I didn't know what to say. What do you say when somebody just lost their child? What do you say when somebody just lost their mother? What do you say? Let me tell you something. There's a power that rises up in me at times. And I can't comprehend it. I don't understand it. But I sure believe it. And I know it's real. God's people, quit cutting yourself short. And quit using that old excuse. Well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You're a believer empowered by the dynamite from heaven. Understand what lives in you. Understand what should, should thrive in your life. That's the, that's the thing that ought to energize us is this power. It's not me, but it's Christ that lives in me. What And I, I use this all the time. But what in the world got into that man at midnight singing in a prison cell? What an idiot, huh? <laughs> Everything's going wrong for him. And he's in there singing like a moron. He, his whole life is crumbling down. And he's shouting and rejoicing. Because there was a power that resided within him. And it came from the Lord. Aren't you glad there's a power within us? God's people understand God is still powerful. He is still powerful. 
He can work today just like He worked yesterday. He's the same God yesterday as He is today, and He will be tomorrow. Do not cut Him short. Do not cut yourself short. And for years I cut myself short because I didn't fully comprehend that i got to die to myself. And i got to say, you know what, my life's over. But now there's this new life. I've never found one person that gave their life down for Jesus that had a regret. Y'all regret it? I've never met one person that laid it all down and said, Jesus, here it is. And ever said, boy, I wish I hadn't have done that. But I've sure heard a lot of folks say, oh, I wish I would have gave it to Jesus. Oh, I wish I would have laid it down a long time ago. Oh, I wish I would have just said, here it is, Lord. Oh, I'm 80 years old. If I'd have known this when I was 20, how different my life would have been. But I've never heard anybody say, man, I wish I hadn't given it to him. You have nothing to lose, but you have everything to gain. Let's stand tonight. Aren't you thankful for that power? There's power in the blood. These altars are open.